you're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Welcome to Rock Bottom Country Club's annual Christmas show. Alright, now the Dryjack project is finished. Great, that reminds me. Dryject is our most important sponsor, and could be pretty important for you too. Just think, if you got on a good Dryject schedule, maybe you'll never ever have to rebuild greens again. Anyway, it's Christmas, and we're spreading as much happiness and good cheer as we possibly can. One of the ways we do that is by letting you listen in to the goings-on at Rock Bottom Country Club. When you hear how screwed up we are, you're sure to feel better about yourself. On today's show, we're highlighting several ideas we use during the big golf uptick caused by the lockdowns to help you prepare for the next phase. Whatever that is. All right, I got Ludell bailed out of jail. Cost me two dollars and a bag of donuts. Well, here's three dollars. Now get back in that kitchen and finish washing them dishes. Hey, Mom, I'm back. I'm gonna go mow greens. Wait, Ludell. Why did you get arrested at the awful waffle again? Well, you know how women find me irresistible and such. I was eating a waffle and them mobly sisters grabbed me and one of them got her wedding ring caught in my bell bottoms and her boyfriend flung some grits at me and hit some police in the next booth. And, and that's when they arrested Ludell. There's warrants out on Ludell. Oh, it wasn't but one warrant. See, look right here, it says... Ludell the accursed. No, that says accused. Whatever. But they falsely claimed I assaulted an old lady at the bus station. Well, did you? It wasn't an old lady, it was Cletus. See, he borrowed a thousand dollars from me and he wouldn't pay me back, and I couldn't find him anywhere. Then Booth told me that Cletus had gotten plastic surgery, so I couldn't recognize him, and you know, that boy's diabolical. So this old lady you beat up was actually Cletus? Absolutely. Ain't no real old lady put up a fight like that. Yeah, she was whooping Ludell's ass. He's the one that had her arrested. That burning, I'm telling you, that was Cletus. He was in disguise. Hey, everybody. Sorry I'm late. That drive through window at the bank was all is open. It's backed up like somebody been eating government cheese and cement. Here's your money, Ludell. Cletus don't look nothing like an old lady. Cletus, isn't it true that you have a yellow dress with tulips on it? No, but my granny does. At least she did tell some fool got his blood all over it at the bus station. You know, granny carries a pipe wrench in her Louis Vuitton handbag. Boof, I'm gonna kill you. Well, listeners, today I'd like to discuss a few ideas we tried during the initial swarm of golfers back. I have a complaint. These greens are really slow. Burnt Run's greens are running 11. Why can't you do that? I cannot accept your statement without running it past a fact checker. Buford, I need you to fact check something. Okay, but I still got dishes to wash. This idiot here says Burnt Run's greens are stimping 11. That's the biggest load of duty balls I ever heard. There you have it. That's it? That's your fact-checking? Yep. All he did was give his opinion. No, he verified it with other fact-checkers and pronounced it a mistruth. He did not. He's just some old man you hired to wash dishes and parrot your opinions. Boof, you want to fact-check that one? There ain't a fact in anything he said. He just be fat liar. Boof, did you water in the urea? Did you know your greens are slower than burnt run? Hang on a minute. I'll have to fact-check that. Uh, no, our greens are faster than Burnt Run. You didn't fact-check that. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. You just closed your eyes and rubbed your temples. 
Hey, Mama, I stamped the greens. We rolling 15. There's no way those greens are any faster than seven. Well, if you'd like, I can fact check it for you. Booth? No, don't ask him. Why not? He's fact check. He is not. He is a pathological liar. What'd you say? Call me that again. Ain't nothing to me to whoop a man's ass. Cletus, did you use the half-size stamp meter? Yeah, big one's too heavy. Well, there's the discrepancy. With the half-size stamp, the readings are divided by two, so the stamp readings are actually more like, um, 11. Half a 15 is not 11. I think it is, but, you know, we can fact check it. Boof. Who made this idiot a fact checker? CNN. You can be one, too. Uh, better let me fact check it. What's his problem? Some people just can't handle the truth. When we first removed the ball washers back in 02, I have discovered something truly bizarre. I think our golf course is in some kind of Bermuda Triangle. Well, it is mostly 419 Bermuda, but it's not triangular. It's more of um, a square. No, I mean mysterious Bermuda Triangle. Like when stuff goes missing in an unexplained manner. What's missing? Every golf ball in my bag is missing. You know, he might have something there. This morning when I was picking the range, I noticed about half a ball's missing. Well, that's not mysterious. That's that college golf team that was here yesterday. They just stood there and pounded balls over the back net like... I know. It was like watching a bunch of rocket launchers. Maybe we ought to push the net out to about 325. You don't reckon those college kids are on steroids, do you? I don't know, but them short skirts they wear is mighty distracting. I thought you left. I need to report a missing golfer. Where did this golfer go missing? Over on 17. She went into the woods to look for her ball, and she never came out. This golfer, was uh, she a big girl? Yeah, about 250 pounds, maybe 80 or 90 years old. And she sliced the ball way over in the woods? Yeah. And let me guess, y'all had a little wager going, and you were up. Yeah, we had three bets going. I was up on all of them, and she pressed on 16 T. That's not a missing golfer. That's Aunt Femi. She was hustling you. Yeah, Aunt Femi always parks her Studebaker out on the highway next to 17, and... She's losing real bad. She cuts a chuggy through the woods and vanishes. Well, she owes me six fifty plus lunch and beer. See, I told y'all, stuff just goes missing out here. Balls, money, beer, golfers. And workers. So how do I find this Aunt Femi? Well, you can hire a private golf detective. There's such a thing as a golf detective? Yeah, Ludell hunts down them criminal golfers all the time. Well, let's see. I hunted down that fellow that kept breaking picture windows over at Burnt Run. He's easy to find, though. I just looked for somebody with a bad slice who also worked for a glass repair company. How much you charge to find Aunt Femi? Half of what she owes you. All right, you find her and recover my money and I'll pay you $30. Just so happens I got her tied up in my rocking chair in the back of my truck. Huh? Okay, here's your money. How about untying her so I can rough her up a little? No, I wouldn't do that. Rough her up? No, I wouldn't untie her. She's got 70 pounds on you, and before she took up golf, she was a Muay Thai wrestler. Uh, you want me to fact check that for you? Here's a fact. I'm never playing here again. Must be from up north. All right, you old crone. I'm going to untie you, and then I want my money. Ow! Stop! My arm don't bend that way. Say calf rope. Calf rope! Calf rope! Ludell? You might want to put an end to this kind of stuff. We could get a bad reputation. Yeah, we don't want to be involved with cheaters. Really? 
Have you got any aspirin? Yeah, why? Did that golfer hurt you? No, but Liddell's gonna need it. Don't break nothing. Just bruise him up a little. He has to mow greens this weekend. Tie me up in the back of the truck like a coon hound. What stuff wouldn't happen to you if you live right? Out there cheating our customers. Look out, Liddell. She's reaching for her gun. You fixing to pull on me, old woman? I'm accounting to three. Femi, don't shoot Liddell. Why? I just vacuumed. Go outside and shoot him. Did she hit Ludell? No, ain't Femi don't see good. Hey, Willie, is it story time? We could use a good Christmas story. First, I want to discuss how my secret Twitter account triggered a bunch of folks and caused a veritable cascade of angry replies. Two Twitterites cussed me real good and... Then I got shadow banned. What's that? I'm not sure. But I think it's that nobody can see what I'm saying but me and... So that's what got us banned from social media? And so now you're gonna get our radio show shady banned. Shut up, Cletus. Don't tell me to shut up unless you're willing to back it up. This ain't Twitter or Reddit. You can't hide behind your screen. Now you either apologize or I'll whoop your... Ma, what do you do that for? I think you're losing my tooth. Cletus, best thing you can do right now is shut up. But, Willie, Mama hit me right on my mouth. Must not hit you hard enough. I can still hear you. Mama, you remind me of the media. You's always polarizing us. Not me. I'm warm as toast. Anyway, things got ugly and hate book depleted me forever and ever amen. What made them so mad? Well, it started when I got caught in a hate storm for saying that we should move the ball washers to where they're needed, and that's not on the tee. A golf ball doesn't get dirty between the last green and the next tee. So where'd you suggest we put the ball washer? I can tell you where it's I think the best place would be on that hideous striped barber pole we call the 150-yard marker. You know, we put a battery-powered motor in that thing, it'd just spin like a real barber pole. What if we put a bench next to the 150 barber pole? You know, for cart path-only days. A fairway bench? He'll need a cushion. Them hard old wooden benches aggravate my prostrate. On the other hand, folks like my suggestion for keeping golfers from touching the flagstick. We sharpened the bottom of the flagstick like a javelin and drove it so deep in the green that golfers couldn't pull it out. Yeah, but now our flag's only two foot off the ground. Looks like him practice green flags. Kind of like deep tining, just real slow. Golfers hated when we reduced the number of cuts and maintained the fairways, tees, surrounds, and roughs at the same height. Uh, buddy sits every mower, except the greens mower at five-eighths. I think we ought to just mow everything at an inch and use more growth regulator. Well, then we could use turf paint to outline the fairway. Well, that wouldn't be skeletal golf. That'd be prohibitively expensive. Well, we could just use granular iron. We're still behind on adapting our golf cart fleet to modern energy. We ain't got before carts. Don't we need them single-rider carts and plexiglass? We could probably use better suspension so the bro dudes can jump bunkers more easily. And a small refrigerator in the passenger seat. With a big stereo. I don't like where this is going. Me either. I hate music on the course. Won't you open your narrow minds? Burnt Run Country Club installed stereos compatible with all them digital devices. A six-inch subwoofer and a hundred-watt amp strong enough to make your dental implants fall out. I'll go along with it on one condition. We have to have remote access to the stereo. Because, you know, if they're playing something horrible like Mariah Carey or accordion music, we can turn it off. We can play that stuff the CIA uses to make terrorists confess. What stuff is that? It's called Aztec Death Whistle. Kind of sounds like this. Turn it off! 
It was awful. Oh, no, I kind of liked it. Had a nice beat, and uh, you could dance to it. I think we need to do more to enhance the golfer's nature experience. That Swamp on Five has a lot of nature. No, I mean something that would improve our environmental image and avoid protests from animal activists. We could use them animatronic animals. You mean like them Disney robots? Yeah. I'm envisioning a large bull moose munching contentedly in the creek or maybe an owl up in a tree calling to his mate. Yeah, them Disney animals can talk. We can have Al accuse a golfer of cheating. Yeah, and uh, a gator doing the backstroke across the lake could be fun, too. Y'all shut up. I was serious. What if we got some of them new golfer transport machines, like, you know, the bikes and the motorcycles and the really fast carts? Not practical. That's a Darwinian trend. Those folks will probably shift to nursing home sports pretty quick. You know, with all the increased beer consumption by the bro dude golfers, we could install pay toilets to increase revenue. Yeah. But only for the males. Of course, it only work on clubs with fairways that are lined with pitcher windows. You know, you can get arrested over at Burt Run just for cozying up to a tree. I don't think men will pay to go inside a restroom. Yeah, they'll just pour out the sand and the divot fixtures and use them. No, no, no. You don't charge them to get in the restroom. You charge them to get out. What about bunker rakes? What fur? We ain't got any sand. Willie, how about a Christmas story? Okay. It's story time. Our story begins way back in 67, near the little village of Batolts in Bavaria. Dad was stationed at Flint Caserne, a former SS officer's training school established by a fellow named Himmler. But now it was the home of the 10th Special Forces Group. It was only 20 years after the war, and the Caserne was still riddled with layers of tunnels and spooky bunkers. In one dark and scary tunnel, Dad hid his secret golf practice facility. It was kind of essential since it snowed most of the year, rained the rest, and typically had two days of summer. Back then, we didn't have launch monitors or cool screens to hit into. It was mostly a bunch of blankets and camo netting Dad had liberated from somewhere. But it was where Dad practiced and taught lessons to some of the officers. When Dad won the Berlin Invitational, the base commander assigned Dad part-time to run in the base golf course, a small nine-holer with Himmler's house in the middle of the course. Himmler was long gone, but I still registered my displeasure with his legacy by aiming a driver at his house occasionally, with the intention of loosening a roof tile or two. I had a job at the course, cleaning clubs. It was strictly involuntary, but it did give me access to the course for ball hawking. I think the course was mostly for officers. Enlisted men had to find some inside way to play, and that's what the coach of our Little League team did. Every day after baseball practice, Coach Zontek would suggest we play nine, and off we went. Coach Zontek was a Special Forces Green Beret as well as a former pro baseball catcher in the minor leagues. He was one of my childhood heroes. He coached us all the way to the playoffs, where we were destroyed by the team from Ryan, Maine Air Force Base. As I remember, they were all 20 years old, had cars, and had to shave before each game. They were later beaten horribly by Taiwan, who had sent a pro team to the Little League World Series. Coach Zontek drove us all over Bavaria in an army carryall, and he had special powers. Like, we would be driving through some small village, and Coach Zontek could make the carryall. It was sort of a giant SUV in OD. He could make it backfire with this tremendous explosive blast. We would select some innocent pedestrian walking down the road and plead with the coach to detonate the carryall. After that, we would howl in laughter like only 12-year-olds can do in the face of really callous behavior as the victim dove off the road seeking cover. That stuff stopped when, during one unfortunate incident, 
on our way back from Garmish. An old fellow resembling a bearded gnome fell off a bridge into a creek when the carryall belched. Anyway, at the end of the season, Coach Zontek and I played one more round of golf at the base course, and he told me he'd be getting out of the army soon. His plan wasn't to go back to the U.S. He intended to wander around Europe for a few years, ski every mountain, and frolic among the fraulines. Sounded like a great life to me. Coach Zontek was a great skier, and although I wasn't allowed to ski, Dad thought it would damage my golf swing. Coach Zontek helped me sneak out to the local ski mountain occasionally. At the annual Christmas dinner provided for the families at the mess hall, I learned that Coach Zontek was gone, out of the army. I had lost my best buddy, my confidant, and the only adult whose advice I sought and trusted. A year later, our family unit was transferred to Fresno, California. Dad was still in the army, but he was working part-time at a country club in Fresno. It was called Sunnyside, and it was so wealthy that they had a barber shop. Dad loved it because the weather was perfect for golf, and I hated it because, well, there was no snow. I was also depressed because, well, I missed all my army brat friends back in Batolts, and the only friends I had in Fresno were the other nerds in our little pack. The school I was sentenced to was Sierra Junior High, and it was more like a prison camp than a school. Full of gangs and crazies, a successful day at Sierra usually meant only one beating, and then I had to run a sub-five-minute mile home to escape the gangs. Fortunately for us, the gangs all wore motorcycle boots, and we wore high-top kids. None of the gangs were old enough to own actual motorcycles, so they were kind of slow. Except for this fellow named Papazian. He was married to one of the teachers, and she let him use her car to chase us. Anyway, I was depressed, and Dad knew it. But that Christmas of 68, I was completely surprised when I received a pair of new skis and new boots. Leather in those days step-in bindings as opposed to the cable bear traps that I'd learned on. But the next day after Christmas, I finagled a ride with the neighbors and went skiing at this mountain called China Peak. The deal was I had to pay my own lift ticket. It was $5. Contribute to the gasoline fund. Gas was 29 cents a gallon back then. And I wasn't allowed to break my legs. If I broke a leg, Dad said I needed to transfer to another family. So there I was, in heaven, deep snow, skiing like a madman, trying to get in as many runs as possible. I was having the best Christmas ever. Just before the lifts closed at four, I came screaming into the lines and jumped into an open seat beside some old guy. You know, back then all we had were double chairs. I settled in for the last ride up the mountain and looked over to see if the old guy was going to be a grouch or a friendly. And it was Coach Sontek. Thousands of miles from Germany, here was the coach sitting next to me on a chairlift. Coach! Coach! I yelled. It's me, Willie. He studied me for a minute and then responded, Oh, hey, how you been? For a minute I thought he didn't remember me. You know, he wasn't as outgoing and goofy as I remembered. Coach Zontek had become reserved and quiet. Coach, I thought you were going to ski bum all over Austria and Switzerland and frolic with the Fräuleins. What are you doing here? Staring off at the mountains, he replied, Well, I did that. Now I'm working at a shoe store in Porterville. I was shocked. What had happened to this guy? Just last year he was James Bond and now he's he's working in a shoe store. I kept staring at the coach, unable to think of anything to say. Slowly he became aware of me and turned to look me in the eye. Well, in the goggles. Willie, you gotta have a list. On my list was pro baseball, green beret, ski bum in Europe, and now I'm working on a new list. The shoe store wasn't on my list, but it'll help me move on to the next goal. Do you understand? I didn't, but I nodded anyway. I forgot to get his phone number, 
So a few days after New Year's, I used long-distance information. It's what we had before the internet. And I called the only shoe store I could find in Porterville. I was going to ask Coach Zontek to meet me at China Peak for a day of skiing or, or maybe invite him over to play golf. But the lady at the shoe store said nobody named Coach Zontek worked there. I figured I might have said something that pushed him to start his next list, like maybe college or coaching baseball again. But I guess I'll never know for sure. What I do know is, by the next Christmas, I had one heck of a list, and I've been working on it for 50 years. I figure it's never too late to make a list. What's the moral of this story? Don't make a New Year's resolution. Make a lifetime list this Christmas and get started on it. It'll be fun. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.